Hello, welcome back to Pro Tri News. As a reminder, we are here to evaluate, analyze, and judge the professional triathlon field from our point of view with our opinions. Uh, we won't always agree or believe we're right. Um, we'll just say it how we see it. I'm Kyle Glass, joined today by the sports agent of the year, Pat Lemieux, after his long drives to Saint or to uh, Coeur d'Alene. King of the road. <laughs> <laughs> Our cheeky Englishman, uh, Mark Matthews, training six weeks, couch to Ironman. Afternoon, chaps. How are the feet feeling? Two days, Pat. If I was <laughs> if I was in a bad way after two days, we've got real issues on our hands. <laughs> and the man behind the camera, Talbot Cox. I can't believe that I didn't get punched in the face by Lionel this weekend. <laughs> Um, Chelsea is not joining us today. She's conducting some, our first wave of Olympic interviews. Um, it'll be live this weekend on our YouTube channel with Morgan Pearson and Flora Duffy. Um, let's let's just dive right in. Uh, Ironman Coeur d'Alene. Um, crazy race. Crazy race course. Crazy weather. Who wants to take it away? I'll, I'll start with it. Uh, I love this course. Two years ago, I went out here with Tim and Rennie, and I called Lionel, and I said, you got to come out here and do this race, especially if they ever do an Ironman again. They announced they were going to do the Ironman. Everything just kind of fell into play with the Yawn event. Uh, so Lionel showed up to work. Uh, it was it was so a tough day. Fault, I, I got to admit, it is totally, totally <laughs> my fault. <laughs> Kyle texted me and said, I'm bummed. I'm really, really bummed uh, after Lionel's performance. And I said to him he said are you not sad and i said no not at all like uh, not at all like and the, and my reason being is this is the deal you can't become a better swimmer overnight you can't become a better biker overnight you can't become a better runner overnight one thing that you can do change very very quick is nutrition it was a tough day on lionel on nutrition uh there's no point in fingers. Uh, this is five Ironmans in a row. Sorry, six Ironmans in a row for Lionel now. Um, Lionel is the person that actually has to hit rock bottom to accept that he needs to seek help uh, after this race. I think I can talk on behalf of Lionel, kind of, but he, he reached out to le- some legit professionals. Uh he reached out, uh, this is pretty cool, he reached out to his team captain uh, from the Collins Cup, uh, Craig Alexander. Craig uh, and him got on the phone for about an hour, hour and a half. Craig's going to help him out also. Um, are we Are we allowed to say other We'll things? just, n- no, let, we'll, we'll just, let, here's what I want to acknowledge. Just look, here's the thing. Everybody can take an opportunity and point out what's wrong and that they seem like a genius and say if i came in and did nutrition it'd be solved and you know what talbot got a ton of text messages dms etc of people that you know have got the magic formula here's the thing every athlete has something that can disrupt them i don't care you know for me it's my weight or my vo2 max i can't it's tough for me to change a vo2 max Lionel does have something that he can change, but every athlete has something that's just hard for them to unlock. Um, And because it's Lionel and because he's a visible person, it's really, really easy to scrutinize him for this. So um, what I see 
for Lionel and what I saw in Coeur d'Alene was an amazing amount of support on course and to be racing with age groupers that were one lap, two laps down on the run and for them to cross paths with Lionel in a vulnerable state and cheer him on was something that was awesome for both the fans and I know that Lionel really appreciated. So yeah, obviously massive kick in the teeth for uh, Team Lionel this weekend no matter who where you're at on his team. Um, but you know, I think Elation. on Monday we all we, on Monday team long. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean on Monday we all had big fat smiles on our face and we're ready to take on new challenges. So yeah, I mean look, that's the ele- that's the elephant in the room. Obviously, given you know who's on this uh, podcast, but Mark thoughts. Yeah, I, uh, my thoughts are: Should we just cover the the race and the the winners yeah, hit, and the please. podium? Because we we've, please, we've please, started please. with uh, your boy Lionel, yeah. but um, <laughs> it, it was a uh, it was a good race. It, it was an interesting one, wasn't it? Because it saw a, a pack form quite quickly on the bike um, with Justin Metzer sort of being forced to push most of the pace. Even Cody Beals came through. Pedro Gomes was in there. Um, and Lionel just sat in, stayed quite hidden. It was quite unusual to see. And clearly he was waiting for Sam Long to come across, who did come across um, quite predictably. They both then sat in for a while, which was great um, because it's something you don't see. It was quite tactical for them. But then they, they kicked on. Um Sam actually pushed the pace on a downhill, which looked like it, which is big power, and got the, got them shifting. Those two boys went off the front, and it sort of left Justin Metzler to to grind it out and chase them into T two. Um, Sam Long had a had a puncture, but his tubeless sealed, um, and people were worried, and there was a lot of chat. Oh, you know, he must be working so hard. But you'd be amazed with a twenty eight mil, which I think is what it looked like. It might have been his twenty five mil tire. How 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 well they roll on low pressure. Anyway, they got into T two. And Sam uh, got caught by Lionel, having dropped him on the bike. But then Lionel crumbled, as we've talked about, and Sam ran away from it. Um, it was a 2.51 run for Sam, which is pretty sedentary. But in that heat, it, hey, he put together an all-round really impressive performance. So, so kudos to Sam. Justin Metzler had a wicked race, running a two, mm-hmm. yeah, 2.47.59 to come in in second. For a big man like him, that was awesome to see. Pedro Gomes picked up third, and then the... Last Kona slot, Jason Pohl picked that up from Canada, which is, uh, I believe he's Sam Long's training partner. Is he? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, so and, had great a, and had a fantastic run. Final yeah. final half marathon. He looked, yeah, he, just, he did. He looked, he looked stunning. Looked really, really good. Fastest run of the day. So that's the men's side. That was, that was awesome. Uh, just to recap on the women's side, uh, unsurprisingly, um, the swim was led out by Lauren Brandon um, with... Uh, one athlete in tow, um, though they sort of quickly got swallowed up by the on the charge on the form Fenella Lanridge, who then stayed out front for the entire of the bike leg. Um, she then had Carrie Lester chasing her down off the bike, and Carrie caught her with about half marathon down and to take the win. Fenella Lanridge held on for a second place and a cloner spot on her first Ironman. And Lindsay Corbin rounded off the podium. One thing I would say, though, is that the gap to third place was 18 minutes. The gap to fourth was half an hour. So the women's field didn't, they, you know, there was real big gaps in that really early on. But that's yeah. the recap, guys. Yeah, and what, what, two things I want to mention in here. Fenella wasn't even going to do, she's never done an Ironman, Ironman debut here. Wasn't even going to do an Ironman until a month before. She's Heather Jackson's training partner. Heather said, I'm going to do quarter lane. You should come with me. So she decided right there that she was going to do this race. So hats off to her. Uh, great, great debut, I would say. Hey. Yeah. 
And Carrie Lester has consistent as ever, hey? Really, like, just a, just grizzes it, gets it done. And I want to just talk about, I want to talk about the heat there, because Talbot and I were there. I mean, it was, it wasn't, it, it was stinking hot. It wasn't as crazy as they said it was going to be, but I do not want to discount, I mean, being in the, I mean, whenever on the run, when I got to sit in shade, Talbot compared to the sun, I mean, I can't imagine, uh, yeah. I, I can't even imagine doing a marathon in it. So it was, um, it was incredibly hot. It, it was, and 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 I I do need to tip my hat also to Sam one more time before the race. I I saw Sam and I wanted to go put him in Lionel's race week series. The kid was a wreck. I don't care what he says; he's going to listen to this. He was a wreck the day before the race. I mean, he was scatterbrained. He had no idea what was going on. He missed his flight. Well, he didn't miss his flight. His flight got canceled. He was going a million miles a minute. And I was like, it is going to be a tough, tough day for him, especially with what I think is a lot of volume that his coach gives him. Uh, hats off to Sam. I mean, I mean, great, great race. I, I don't know what this would look like in a championship field, which is irrelevant because it's not going to take away from Sam's performance. I do think it'd be a little bit harder to chase from an, in a swim that far back because that group did, I will say they did, Lionel did not go to the front of it. They sat up, and Sam got to slowly crawl back. Um, but Sam's performance on the day, you can't even take anything away from that. He raced incredible, consistent, negative split everything, in uh, just a fan-fantastic day. So hats off to him that performed under pressure and performed in the heat. Uh, it will be interesting to see how he goes in his debut uh, race in Kona as a professional athlete as he has already raced there before. Yeah, I mean, and look, compare his performance to Tulsa, so four weeks off of Tulsa, um, where, you know, he certainly didn't bike or run to anywhere near what we thought he was going to be able to do. He was uh, he was really fantastic in the in the bike and the run in Coeur d'Alene. There's just no disputing it. So uh, hats off to Sam. Massive performance. Congrats on your first, uh, first big Ironman win. And before we move um, on then, from Coeur d'Alene, do we just want to say yeah. Heather Jackson? No, I, I was think, just about to say the biggest I think she'd have won it. of the day was Heather. You think I think so? she'd have won it. Yeah, she was, what, six minutes down and closing on Fenella when she punctured. She was so she would have got that, maybe up to Carrie Lester, possibly, or only a couple of minutes back. We saw her have the run of her life in Tulsa. Uh, I think Heather could have won that without some real sh- shady luck. I talked, I talked, I spent some time with Waddy before the race. Me, Waddy, and Mike Riley actually went and got some beers. Waddy said that she didn't have the best taper going into um, Tulsa. She felt uh, pretty fried going into the race. Uh, They changed a few things with her taper. She felt better than she had ever felt. She was hungry. She's won here in 114 degrees before. She knew exactly what she needed to do, and she can move on that run. So, I said before the race, people said that they couldn't believe that I said that the women's race is going to be more entertaining. The men's race is great. Don't get me wrong. If Heather Jackson would have been in this race, I think it would have been an awesome battle between her and Carrie. I yeah, think they're robbed on that. So um, it has it has to give Heather some confidence. Has to give Heather some confidence though. So great day all around. Uh, it will be interesting to see. Um, I guess how uh, Lionel bounces back. We can touch more on that in the hot takes uh, when the show's over. Heather, uh, Heather teased she might go do. Lake Heather, yeah, I think no. Heather is going to go to Lake Placid. I'm pretty sure she loves that course. 
So. Yeah, look, there's no, I mean, it's just a timing thing for Heather now, right? Like it's, uh, you know, she only got into the bike a little bit, so she didn't have to go too deep. She was on track. Just the bummer is now you got to go to Lake Placid, but obviously that's a cool race. So yeah, let's, let's move on to this next challenge race. She's, she's doing it yeah. for fun because she is KQ'd, so. Oh. All right, Mark, well, give us the rundown and challenge. I, I did, obviously, I didn't watch the race fully. The only bits I watched were the highlights, which I focused mainly on the women's field. Frederick Funk is the on-form challenge winner at the moment. He took another win with a really impressive bike split. Um, Thomas Steger, again, an incredible run. He, he just needs to be up near the front of the bike, and he's he's got it. Bart Air now, it's another podium, but like uh, like's been added here, he did get done by the young guns. And Frederick Funk is having a, a really crunchy 70.3 season. I, I don't know if we can see him get to the front of the race in something like the World Champ 70.3 because he's starting a little bit further back, but it, we'll, we'll see. He's having a really good year. In the women's race, though, Nicola Spirig was awesome. She just Insane. dominated the race. Unbelievable. She swam with Sarah Pirasala, who, as we'll remember from Miami, swam with Lucy Charles. So clearly she's swimming really, really well. And her bike run combo was as strong as it's ever looked. And she won comfortably besting Anne Hauk, who said afterwards she wasn't on her best day. But Anne didn't really come into the race. She was a good six minutes back. So, yeah, Nicola Spirit continues to impress. And just a note, she did for like the, I think she's only raced 170.3 on a time trial bike. Um, so she did ride her road bike with the clip on arrow bars on. Uh, if if you under if you can if you know German and or you can understand German, pushing the limits YouTube has race recaps in 4K of these uh, races. They're insane. I would love to if we could do that in the US one day. They have a lot of challenge races over there, but you should definitely check them out. They have just beautiful 4K recaps of uh, of these these races. So that's where I saw that. One other thing I would Thomas Steger is that how to say his name right? I don't know what bike he rides. It looks like a cross between like a Trek and some other random thing. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I looked on his Instagram. I couldn't find it, but it was in the live feed. I would love if if, if you know what bike he rides or Thomas, you ever listen to this, let us know what bike he rides because it's a beautiful bike. It almost looks like a cross between a Trek and a Canyon. Yeah. And I think it might just be a murdered out Canyon. I'm not really for sure. So, yeah. All right. Let's dive into 70.3. Elsinore, the uh, 70.3 European Championship, which Mark Mark was on terror this weekend. He predicted George Goodwin to go off and win this race. Uh, Lucy wins a women's race, so hats, hats off to Mark. Yeah, my boy George did me good here. I thought, <laughs> I th- I thought he'd let me down. He came off the run a, a fair old way back, having not made that bike group. Um, you had Kyle Smith of New Zealand off the front of the bike, about a minute and a half lead coming off the bike, which was kind of impressive. And we'll, we'll touch on in hot takes slightly, though. Um, and then George Goodwin ran through the field. And I mean, like, blitzed through the field um, to take the win ahead of Rudy Von Berg, who who really had a good back end to his run, showing some really solid overall fitness. Uh, George ran a 108.31. Rudy ran a 109.34. I'm led to believe the run was about 300 metres short, so just to add a little bit to those. But... Um, Really impressive results. And uh, Stratman finished off. Jan Stratman from Germany finished off the podium there. Um, Carl Smith uh, got caught with only a few K to go and tumbled all the way back to fifth in the last few K. So a hard finish to him. Uh, Lucy got a gap on Holly out the swim. 
Um, but then Holly started to close that gap. Now, interestingly, the women, I think, started three minutes behind the pro men. And if you've seen Lucy swim, you know that gap's probably not big enough. So there was some interesting involvement in the race ahead and some other stuff. Again, we're going to talk about afterwards. But Lucy was getting caught by Holly, but then put the hammer down and dropped her. It didn't matter and didn't change the race in the end, though, because Lucy ran a 118 to take the win. Holly Lawrence coming in second with a 120. Uh, Camilla Pedersen picked up third, who's having a good all-round season. Um, and then Maya Starge Nielsen in fourth. Uh, so, yeah, a good race in the women's field, but much of a two-horse race there because the, the gap to third from first was 15 minutes, which in a 70.3 is a whopper. A lot of time. A lot of time. And, and and we were we did miss out on Daniela Reef racing this race. I don't know if Lucy would have been bested on the day. Uh would have been interesting, but I mean what a race. So totally. Sorry, I, I just reread my notes and clarify something. Camilla Pedersen, not having a good season, she's only four months back from giving birth to take a podium at the European seventy point three champs. So that oh. fifteen minute gap suddenly is not that big. That's a really impressive podium for her. Wow, Four months wow. off giving birth. Wow. Incredible. And and then also, too, Holly did travel from Des Moines, Des Moines to all the way to <laughs> Europe. So. Yeah, Des she Moines had a good has, race. She she definitely yeah, had a good she, performance she, against arguably the on-form triathlete in the world. Yeah, yeah. Rev 3 Williamsburg happened this weekend. Uh, you saw Andy Starkowitz, who is currently banned from Every Ironman event under the sun right now, not able to compete due to his controversy with his um, Tezid Apost TUE, uh, and until he issues a, an apology to Ironman, he's not allowed to race any other events, so he looks to rack up uh, money and points to make his sponsors happy at these events. Hats off to him for the win. Uh, Jackson Laundry second, Robbie Deckard third, Emma Plant went over there, uh, It was she's back in the U.S. training for St. George. Had a good race, uh, Lisa, Lisa Smith and Amy Sloan. Uh, fun little PTO race in Williamsburg. Um, so yeah, yeah. And then there was another uh, Port Douglas race. This was just, it was a pro race. It was it was a fun event. Um, the I think the one thing that we need to dive into this weekend is all the European athletes is uh, are all, a majority of them are racing Ironman Lanzarote, chasing those Kona slots uh, and Ironman UK, yeah, and Ironman UK, yes, both of those. So I, I mean, Mark, is this the first Ironman weekend that we've seen in Europe post COVID? Full, yeah, I believe so, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. This is the first full Ironman weekend in Europe. Congrats. Um, so the, Lanzarote's had some more money pumped into it. It was looking like a, a pretty poor field because normally the prize money is stumped up by Club La Santa in the island itself. But Ironman have put some more qualification slots and they've put in uh, some more cash into it. So it's seen a couple more athletes dragged across to race it. Lanzarote, if you've ever been, and I don't know if you guys have, is the windiest island in the entire universe. It just blows constantly off the Sahara. And it's also got some pretty crazy climbs in this course as well. So it's a good, hard, honest Ironman that will be hot. Um, but, and we've got a great field, really entertaining field. You've got uh, Ivan Rana, um, Patrick Nielsen still chasing qualification. Uh, Matt Trotman, Nick Castletine, Anthony Costas, Niels Frombold, Boris Stein, who will destroy the bike leg. Peter Hemrick is on that. Has Peter Hemrick ever been successful at a full before? I'm not too sure. 
I know. I don't him as, think I, so yet. I know him as a seventy point three guy. And uh, Christian Hogenhart, who had a really good race in Tulsa, but crumbled at the back end of the run. He's also chasing a qualification slot. So it's a good, strong men's field on a nice course with some decent prize money. Fairly uncontroversial course, though. Um, And also, these boys are much quieter than some of the lads over in the Ironman UK field. So we're seeing a bit less hype about it. In the women, you've got Simone Mitchell, Michelle Vesterby, Vesterby, Laura Siddle. Um, There are, I think, two Kona slots here. So you would have to say that that's that's pretty easy pickings for the women. Um, uh, though there are more entered Tessa Cortez, but she's already qualified. Um, I think it's a it's an easy it's a potentially easy win for a Kona slot for the women at Ironman Lanzarote. That's that. And, and, and I, I'm pretty sure that Jocelyn McCauley is racing this race. She does not have a Kona slot yet. Uh, which she's the one that gave Daniela a run for her money in uh, Ironman Texas a while uh, ago. Texas a while ago. So, and then yeah. also Laura Sedell. So, I, I, will, she's not uh, on the start list, Justin McCauley, But interesting, she's not on the start list. Okay, previously she was. So then ah, she's, okay. she's probably not racing. Yeah, she's probably yeah, not yeah. racing. Uh, and Lisa Norden is on the start list, by the way. Lisa Norden oh, is on okay. the start list, but she was asking on social media for accommodation around Lake Placid. So I think maybe she's looking at delaying to come and race Lake Placid instead. Because Lisa would be wicked. Uh, that would be really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Iron Man UK, I've never... Have you ever even been there, Mark? Uh, you remember what I said about Wales and I got in trouble? Because everyone said to me that Wales is a beautiful place and I shouldn't bash on Wales. Nobody is going to have a go at me for saying Bolton is a dump. Um, it is... It's, <laughs> it's a really interesting place for it to pick an Iron Man. It's... Um, yeah, it's 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 not where if you guys came to visit and I said let's go for a little jolly out, I'd take you to. Um, Bolton's not a not a particularly nice city, and the race itself is a hard man's race. It's a lollipop bike course with three loops of what can only be described as British roads. Um, people moaned about the road surface in Tulsa; uh, they they wouldn't race this if they tried it. Potholes galore endless little up and downs it's more like a flanders kind of classic than a 112 mile time trial bike course um and then the runs through bolton town uh, with a couple of hills in it all in all it's gonna be a long day out for whoever wins it um and we've seen some chat again some more chat because chat sells it seems tom davis is racing tim don adam bowden sam laidlow joe skipper leon chevalier chevalier um and uh they're all very, very good athletes. On top of that is Elliot Smales, who's going to be an outside pick for me. And most importantly, Joe Skipper, who's been giving it large as well. Um, the banter between Sam Laidlow and Joe Skipper has got quite strong. Sam Laidlow won that challenge event, if you remember the Camworth Invitational. Um, so that's going to be an awesome race. Yeah, we're going to call it the Camworth Invitational, I think. Uh, who Do I make some predictions there? Go on. Who, yeah, who, who do you have winning the men's race? Do you Do you think Sam will take it? Sorry, Joe Skipper. Oh, Sam Laidlow. Sam Laidlow, uh, yeah. So uh, the bookies would have Joe Skipper as a big-time favourite, and I chatted to him earlier. He's he's hit some time trial PBs. He thinks Tom Davis will come second. He thinks he'll win comfortably. He thinks maybe Adam Bowden, who debuted as Ironman, will come third in Tulsa. I'm not sure I'm going with Joe. I'm just not convinced he's on form, but but we'll see. I think you'll see a really good race from that Leon Chevalier, who, who people don't know. He is an awesome athlete that did quite well in um, Gran Canaria. It's his debut Ironman. But I think Sam Laidlow wins it. 
I'm, I'm going to go out there and say Sam Laidlow. I think the podium looks like Sam Laidlow, Joe Skipper, and I think Elliot Smales, who is a British lad that's uh, a, a wicked 70.3 athlete, but debut Ironman eight hours dead at Barcelona two years ago. So he can do the long. Mark, my biggest question is, it's maybe summer has arrived in the UK. What what's the weather what's the weather going to be like? And you know, obviously, if it rains, the probability of puncture punctures go way up. You mentioned all the potholes. You know, I think that to me seems like the biggest X factor on the bike. Uh, yeah, what's on your mind there? Well, on my mind there is I didn't, and I will come to come to that part. I didn't cover the women quickly, and I will sorry, very quickly, apologize. And it explains why my knowledge on this is high. On the women's start list is. Um, one Cat Matthews, a Nikki Bartlett, a Chantal Cummings, and a Tara Grosnova. So there are actually only four pro women starting and lots of pro slots. You have to finish if you're a pro woman and you get a Kona slot. Mental. Anyway, uh, the course, the weather's going to be rainy. It is going to be rainy. It always rains in the north of England. Um, but it won't be cold and it doesn't look too windy. I uh, I don't know about if it'll affect punctures. I think we'll see some crashes because the descent off the main climb is on bad roads. It goes over a wet cattle grid, which you know what that's like on the bike path. So I think we'll see crashes more than we'll see punctures, mate, to be honest. And in the women's field, predictions, uh, Kat Matthews comes fourth. Um, Nikki Bartlett takes a comfy win. No, I think Kat wins. Nikki comes second. Um, Tara Grosnevel and Chantel Cummings. I'm going to have to bat the wife on this one, I'm afraid. I, I, I do want to say, back to the men's race real quick, there, there's some pretty interesting people on the start list that don't have start uh, that don't have Kona qualifications. Yeah, Nick Castlin being one of them. That's that's Jan Ferdino's, I would say, training biatch. Uh, so Jan would love to have him by his side in Kona. Uh, I do know that Matt Troutman, who is obviously usually pretty successful over in the uh, Australia, Asian Pacific area. Sam Laidlow, who I pretty sure led the swim out at the challenge grand canary race uh would be in that front pack in kona he is another i mean we we have no idea how he go he obviously he's an up-and-coming guy pretty hot but and also nils room none of these guys have uh so, kona qualifications you're there's right. only one person in the race joe skipper that has a kona qualification yeah it is interesting but i think the quarantine rules in the uk have stopped a lot of europeans coming over i think they're racing lanzarote instead so i think you'll probably see nick castletine and lanzarote possibly uh from over there as well i don't think they'll come to the uk um sam laidlow's come to the uk because he has a british passport as well and he's quarantining with family everyone else would have had to go through an eight-day quarantine which for most pro athletes makes lanzarote seem more appealing but the same then the, your exact point just applies to lanzarote instead it, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kona slots are big this weekend. Big, big money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventy point three Endora is going on this weekend. David McNamee's racing. Uh, Ellie Salthouse is going to tow the line. I think this is our first test to see if. Uh, I don't want to say that she wasn't going hot in Asia Pacific, but she's not. That. She's not. She, yeah, she's the last time she's racing. So much trouble for that. Oh, I know. I, hey, trust me. I, I, I would call Ellie and tell us, but but it'll interesting to see how she goes over over there now. You know what I mean? We 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 finally see these athletes starting to leave Australia, New Zealand, and stuff, and they're going to race. So I mean, we're just cracking down on the year. So I am super stoked to see her go. Also, uh, seventy point three. I don't know how to say it. The Sobs. Lasalbs. Ah, uh, oh, so close. Rudy von Berg, Kyle Smith, Europe. and Bart. I thought we already saw Bart racing earlier this week. Yeah, and so did Carl Smith and Rudy von Berg. 
They both yeah, raced what, last weekend. What's cool about this race is this must be a town that supports triathlon at a pretty high level because this this city um, has always supported a French Grand Prix team. So somebody, whoever makes decisions on behalf of hosting races, some some people high up in the city there must really enjoy triathlon. So yeah, cool yeah. cool to see that name fly up again. They've got a they've got a like a mini Club de Santa training center there for triathlon. Oh, as they well. do. Okay, so I think you go. it's a good spot. It's super popular out there. It's like the, it's like cool. the home of triathlon yeah. in France. Yeah, I need to check it out. Yeah, it's a really nice region. Really nice. Let's let's dive into hot takes. One of my favorite hot takes on here is the uh, Leveler Running Treadmill, thousand dollars. This is the. Uh, I am in- system device. The I am injured post is what I like to call it. Uh, you post it if you've been injured. Brilliant. <laughs> it's your it's your injury announcement post. You you do you, you you get a free level treadmill from this company. I'm not knocking the company at all. It's great. I mean this is this is way cheaper than any um, Alter-G. Alter-G. Alter G or anything. Yeah, but it is yeah. the I am injured post. Thanks for the uh, free device that I can get back into it. It, it is cool seeing things like this come up. I reckon so. I could make one from Home Depot. It- no, Surely, no. it's a couple of bungee cords, mate, and a piece of pipe. Come on. I need. I'm not going to mention any names. Holy I'm not bringing it up. Yeah. But there's a there's a gentleman I know who's very handy with the tools, who made one of these eight years ago um, in Australia, nope. and it was. I ran it, on one. It was his. It was his entry level, like you know, super cheap Altergy, and it was essentially what we're talking about: bungee cords, you know, and uh, it. It's exactly what this is. No, 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 so, no. When when I was in high school and I had a stress fracture, and a, a doctor of mine said that he knew a rehabilitation center that they had the perfect device that I could run on with with not all of my weight. So I go over here and they got like there. It's just a standard treadmill, and then they got bungee cords to pulleys on the wall, and they just pull me up just a little bit. You run kind of awkward. I mean, I'm not knocking it. It's awesome. It's it's a great invention. I mean, I like your take to... though that it's just the way of announcing you're injured. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's so good. Just to let you guys know, I'm uh, yeah, I'm not running. Um, so let's my talk. Hot let's... My hot take, All right. and it's a, right, it's a it. bugbear, and it's something that I've been talking about for the last few days constantly with pro athletes, coaches, fans, and that is motorbikes in Ironman and 70.3 races dramatically affecting the outcome of the race. And this is, I'm talking about either outrider, so they're clearing the course, but they're doing so 25 metres ahead of the first person, or more recently, because of the excellent work Ironman is doing to give more TV coverage to the sport, there are more motorbikes with cameras on the back on courses. And there's been several occasions over the last few years where they are filming the lead rider from directly in front. And this was this happened in uh, Elsnor and it happened significantly in um, Coeur d'Alene. And very clear, it's not the athlete's responsibility to, do, to, to affect this. If a bike rides in front of you, you keep riding your pace and that bike has been briefed badly and should be out of your way. So I am not laying it thick on the athletes that do benefit from this. And we commented on this. There was a lot of comments on the live streams for both races and the, the ever wise Ironman commentators came back like, oh, you know, these bikes are like 20, 30 meters ahead. It doesn't affect it at all. Well, a motorbike riding ahead of a 45k an hour rider um, riding 20 meters ahead, 20 meters ahead gives you 15% less aerodynamic drag. Can you imagine what you would give to take 15% aerodynamic drag? You add that up to an Ironman distance. In the women's race, you're talking six minutes over an Ironman faster. Six minutes is, is ridiculous. So 
that's my hot take. I don't know what you guys think of it. It, it breaks yeah, me. Yeah, so there's a couple there's a couple pieces in here, Mark. One, I think you nailed it to start. This isn't this is not the athlete's responsibility to enforce, as these are variables put on the course by the race. Correct. Correct. Um, the athletes have had occasions where they benefit from them, and, and certainly in cycling with all the vehicles on the road, they have athletes where this impedes or causes crashes. First thing for me, number one thing, safety of the athletes. So ensure that if you put bikes on the road, you are not bringing an added danger to the athletes. Second, uh, these bikes absolutely <laughs> impact drafting. And not, I'm not as bummed or as annoyed when the bike is 30 meters in front versus when the bike comes right up next to an athlete to protect them from a crosswind and they're filming right over the top of them from a side profile. That, if I was riding second in line and I knew I had a crosswind coming from the left and the bike was blocking on the left, I would be furious if I was behind. The reality is, is that when you get to a course like Coeur d'Alene and most other Ironmans on the circuit, there's not enough room on the road for these bikes. In Coeur d'Alene, when Lionel and Sam were coming out on their second lap and they're going through traffic that's out on their first lap, I mean, there, there's just no room on the, there's no room on the road. So how do they, how do they do, how do they, where do they go from here, I guess? I don't have a, I don't have a fantastic answer. I think the problem is, is you've got motorbike drivers and camera crew that haven't ridden a bike and they don't understand the impact that that they have on the riders themselves. And there's the problem that we've always had with Ironman coverage. You need somebody in the director's chair that understands racing, that's feeding for the broadcast and feeding where for where the bike's to be placed. And if you find a person for that role, you found a needle in a haystack. Yeah. So there's an interesting, I've, I've seen because it's come our way to be signed, there's an open letter going around from pros and some of the more prominent coaches, but mainly pro athletes, addressed to Challenge, PTO and Ironman to cover this issue. Um, Talbot won't like it because it also touches on the issue of uh, individual athletes having um, designated media teams on course as well. Um, but the main focus of this letter, and it's being signed in Europe at the moment by a lot of big name pros, um, covers the bikes and it covers bikes on course. And essentially what they're asking for is a standardised brief to be given to these, these drivers. So Ironman, PTO, etc. needs to come up with a standardised brief that says where and where, what, what you can and can't film, the angles you can use, um, and just to raise awareness of it through trying to make it a talked about issue that is something that every race director has to brief his staff on. Because the issue of um, private media teams on course is another one. You know, if you had every athlete could was allowed that, along with these bikes that you see, the roads would be chocker full of cars. So there's an open letter going around that's just trying to stop us getting into the Tour de France position. Talbot, mate, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on it. The only thing that I, I say is, one, for me, I don't. I, I'm not on the course. I'm always uh, on the in the other traffic lane. But but I I, I couldn't agree with you more. There there was there was an example. Uh, Sam Long breaks away in lap one when Sam Long and, and Lionel went. You saw a rear view of can, of of Sam, knowing that, that Lionel's bike, right behind that. No, I mean Lionel was three meters from the motorbike, and Lionel is up and is Lionel's hitting the brakes. He's getting such a draft. Sam is pedaling as hard as he can. Lionel's literally sitting right behind that motorbike, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs 
get out of the way. And, and if you remember, this is a very small area. The motorbike couldn't go anywhere. But, but this is something that he should have been briefed on. We should have went up the road and Lionel is just screaming, get out of the way, get out of the way, get out of the way. Cause Lionel doesn't want to get a draft on the moto. And so you, you're yeah, right. And now you, and then now you have to rely on the official to try and make the correct decision here and be objective. And that I've got zero faith <laughs> in most officials to, to understand and go, okay, this is the scenario. This is the, these are how just riding on the roads in this situation plays out. Okay. If, if an athlete impedes the drafting zone in these sorts of scenarios, are they actually drafting? And you have to mentally navigate that all the time as an official. In all of my years of bike racing, I know one official out of the hundreds I've passed that was able to play the mental gymnastics of just being on the road and navigating those situations and being able to slow it all down and saying, this is a problem and these other 99 things are not a problem. And unfortunately, Pat, those cycling officials that weren't are a hell of a lot more experienced than the triathlon than officials. Than the triathlon ones, right, yeah. right, right. And, and f final thing, so we're not beating a dead horse. If, if you're uh, an amateur listening, a pro listening, or whoever listening, what can you do to help? The only thing you can really do is if you're watching a live stream, there is a comment section and you, <laughs> and you think that it's too close, Light up the comments because the, the Iron Man reads those, Challenge reads those, and it starts to address the situation to where the next race are going to say, we don't want these negative comments. And I'm not saying tell them, we're just saying that, hey, that it's too close, Challenge, what are your thoughts? This is too close. If you keep bringing it up, if we all keep bringing it up, hopefully one day we see a world where, we, and, and it's less of both evils. You want to see live coverage. You don't want to see bikes, we understand. But if there was a good briefing before every race, I think it would definitely move in the right direction. All right. Thank you for Next humoring time. me, guys. I appreciate that one. That's uh, a good point. Uh, yeah, the next one is Sam Long designed for a Kona victory. Uh, who wrote this? It wasn't me. I think it was Mr. Pat. Pat Pat's on the what Sam Long it? train. Destined Sam Long for destined for Kona victory. Look, let's just, I didn't write this, but let's just do some math, right? Kid's 25, he's got nonsense. 10 more, he's got 10 more Konas in front of him. Um, Dustin for Kona victory, I don't know, that's probably generous, but does he have probability because he's he's young and he's won an Ironman? Absolutely. Did he look, uh, did he look great in Coeur d'Alene? Pretty great. Yeah, you know, I mean, who knows what else he had in him for the marathon. I don't know when he uh, decided to just phone it in and, and cruise in, so... Look, let's give him let's give him respect. Let's let's respect his effort. Do we have to overhype him right now? Probably not. Uh, you, Lionel's 33 and finally has decided to fix his swim. Sam, if you're listening to this, you're 25, 26. Yeah. You have eight years. To go get in the pool, man. Every day, and that Kona victory will come. If it comes a lot sooner <laughs> than wait until you're uh, 33 or uh, 38, and then it never comes. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know who wants to talk about this one. Lionel's plan for July through October. Look, yeah, Talbot, Talbot and I are going to... Well, Talbot, you... I'll hit on it. I, 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 I asked Lionel. Oh, you you got to prove... Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. It's all good. He's, he's going to go race Yon at the end of the day. Uh, it's not a money grab. Lionel would have went and raced Yon for literally... Actually, not even zero... Lionel would have probably paid Jan to go race him. Hey, man, how much do I need to pay for this thing to happen? 100 grand? I'll sell my house. 
Uh, he's going to go race Yon, um, and then he's going to come back home. He's not going to do Lake Placid. Uh, I don't see a world he does Lake Placid. There is Frankfurt and Copenhagen on the list. Uh, Frank, I mean, Copenhagen gives him the most recovery time. It's the last qualification race. It's the one that makes the most sense. Yeah, There's but two it's slots the week, there. It's the week before the challenge champs. Which is where, perfect. Which well, is perfect. Whereas Copenhagen gives him more time before that. Correct. Copenhagen is the week before the the challenge, Collins Cup. So he figured if he's going to go to Europe, go over there, race an Ironman, recover through the week, and then race the Collins Cup. So then he's not having to go back and forth or stay over in Europe for two weeks when he has a good thing going in Arizona. So he, he's eyeballing. At the end of the day, Lionel's goal is he's like, you know what? The only thing I need to do is I just need to finish an Ironman. And I need to finish an Ironman back. Wow, I, I I nutritionally hit that. I nutritionally enjoyed that. So his that's his next uh, motive is is to no seventy point three worlds. And not only for Lionel, I, I would say you would see a lot, a lot, a lot of Ironman athletes gunning for Kona do not show up at seventy point three worlds. Way too close. It is in North America. It, that took a beating on a lot of athletes' bodies. I, I would say that you see a very ITU-specific start line, uh, having Flora Duffy on it, uh, the, the Gustav Eden, all the Norwegians and all that uh, on, on the start list post-Olympics. But Which is yeah. another good reason for the Ironman athletes not to do it, to not go and get hot exactly some of those lot. Exactly, exactly. So... And uh, that that's that's Lionel's plan. Does that mean a trip to Copenhagen for you? Because the Mark Matthews Town recommendations for Talbot, that is a beauty. That's up uh, there in my top three or four cities. In the not world. only will I be in Copenhagen, but Copenhagen might <laughs> play into Lionel's favors as it's usually generally a pretty cold race. It's beautiful. So, yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> definitely looking forward to that one. Talbot's just loving this race plan that Lionel all of a sudden has because he's like, look, my passport's getting a workout. I'm checking out a bunch of different new places. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm, I'm counting the Sky Miles, Pat. Talbot's one of seven people from Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, at shorter. first, I was, looking at, I was looking at Walt Disney World for the honeymoon. I mean, I was looking at hotels in Bora Bora <laughs> last night. So, you know... I mean, things have come a long ways with all the sky miles yeah. going to have in November. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. Um, look, I, I put, I made a point in here. Next hot take, quarter lane downhill. Um, Mark, you had, so what happened was, is you were messaging the group about the quarter lane downhill. I didn't understand what you were speaking about because I wasn't on course yet. I got in the vehicle with Talbot to head out for the second lap. We were going up the climb. And what I realized is that everybody was going up the climb. It's age groupers, their first time up. It's three, four wide in certain spots. And I realized a tiny little sliver on the road <laughs> on the other side, that was meant for the downhill. Um, to say that I was shocked and appalled would be an understatement. Um, I couldn't believe this, what I was this, watching. This, this needs addressing. Um, again, I go back to, if you can't safely do a race, don't do a race. Um, I, I, I was, I, I was, I, I, I was, I was, frankly, I was disgusted this, that this flew. Um, it was incredibly dangerous. Had, you know, my wife or my son been on this course, I don't, I don't know how I could have emotionally dealt with that. 
Um, I mean, it was this, this, yeah, so it's, 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 it's deeply inappropriate. And if they and if they can't do a race without having, um, you should never have two-way traffic where somebody's going 10 kilometers an hour uphill and the other person's going 70 or 80 kilometers on the downhill, and they're separated. They're sharing four meters of road. I mean, it's it's there's no excusing it. So. Uh, if this race can't happen because they can't shut down this road, then I don't believe Ironman Coeur d'Alene should happen anymore. I think it was it was a recipe for disaster. To, to add and, to that, Pat, yeah. the, on loop number two, Sam opened up a gap on Lionel. I'm not in no way blaming this downhill. Lionel backed off the pace because it was getting too hot. On the downhill, though, Sam was about 100 meters, 200 meters up the road from Lionel. Sam hit started the descent, and this is a big descent. It's about a two-minute, three-minute descent, but there is a no-pass zone section in this, and it is extremely narrow. Lionel got caught behind an age grouper who was holding his brakes at 25 miles an hour. On the lap previous, Lionel was hitting that section at 45 miles an hour. So he Lionel is on his brakes behind this age grouper because it's a no-pass zone, for everybody, no matter. So that's 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 no matter who or where you're in. However, correct. you get into that zone, no matter if you're on the first lap or second lap, you stay in that spot. Is that correct? You stay in that spot. Lionel's holding his brakes at 25 miles an hour, watching Sam just go down the road. And so, so, did, so did Lionel or did Sam make an illegal pass, or did Sam get to that? No, Sam pass was already Sam, Sam had already passed that age grouper before the yeah. descent. I mean, the, the guys, this is it's irrelevant. Beautiful. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it didn't do anything. Th- I'm just saying. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's rinky dink, and that's not how this. That's not how these races should be won. And that that Coeur section was deeply flawed, and they need to sort this stuff out. While we're talking about age groupers and pros, we mentioned this offline, but I do want to add it because it is it is a funny little stat. We're doing well for time as well. So, Ironman UK has three thirty mile laps with two thousand participants. That's one person every twenty five meters on the road, meaning the pros will be catching age groupers as soon as they enter their second lap which means pros on narrow English high-hedged rows where you can't see around the corner will be overtaking age groupers one every 25 metres, best case, for 65 miles of this bike course. Yeah, Treat it's... yourself, guys and girls. Is this a live stream? Um, no, but you, you, can, you can follow along on, on Kat's Instagram, Talbot, your favourite live stream. <laughs> I'll be live dropping some high-quality media content. Yeah, good. All right, All right, next on one. On Road Try News, uh, your live stream will be on Mark Matthews and Cat Matthews' uh, Instagram. Instagram. Follow it. Uh, the next one on here, should Lionel sit out Kona this year? Uh, I mean, can Lionel get a slot to Kona this year? I think it's the better question. So yeah, deal with it then. Yeah. I think you gotta, you got you to gotta get a slot first. You go to the Before. Imaginary World, and you go to <laughs> yeah, the Imaginary World, and he doesn't get a slot. Does he race 70.3 Worlds? Uh, I'd say he goes Ironman California like two weeks after Kona and, and banks his actual slot. Yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah, for the next year. Yeah. So and we'll then, stay tuned. Look, look, we're we'll gonna put we're gonna, stuff we're, in here. We are gonna stay we'll tuned with all France things stuff. Lionel. I put a Tour de France thing in here, and here's why. I loved Let's, it. I loved it, Pat. I'm so glad you put this in here. It was the greatest <laughs> story I heard all day long. It so, reminded so, me of something you would do. So me here's and Talon looked at each other on the couch and we smiled. And we were like, oh my gosh. This is something Pat would 100% do. Tell, tell I mean, look, Pat. look, I look, here's the deal. So there's, I got obviously these Princeton tech wheels or some, you know, that's what Enios is using. So clearly somebody, they've done some sort of testing and understanding that these wheels are uh, worth 
having on your bike. Um, the reality is, is that, you know, they always are like, look, we've got Shimano wheels on the bike. Are they going to be okay if we don't have Shimano wheels? Here's the thing. Every team is paying for Shimano group sets on their bike. Canyon is buying Shimano group sets for the Alpecin Phoenix team. Shimano doesn't sponsor these road teams. So there actually is zero obligation for this equipment to be used. So when somebody, somebody must have given Vanderpool's team direction that these wheels were going to be next level for his, for his uh, time trial today. So somebody, they sent him wheels, the wheel order got screwed up. The only place that they could find these wheels in Europe happened to be at Cam Worf's house. Somebody went and got them from Cam and then drove them back to Vanderpool. Now, look, it worked out because obviously the dude still got the yellow jersey, but I would like to know, can people just submit some data to our Instagram around Oh, I know, I, know, I know the Princeton guy. He's like the nicest guy in the but world. The, the Princeton I, I ones are the jagged edge, aren't they? No, yeah, but these aren't the jagged edge. Yeah, ones, okay, so I just want to under—I I just want to understand how much faster are these wheels, and what's the story with them, and why do they have to be on? So, look, Talbot, if you I'll know, message if you know, Marty. I'll message Marty and tell ask Marty him. we want him on the pod next week. Should we just right. as well, like just so Vanderpool has never been in a wind tunnel for his time yeah, trial bike and he fitted course. his position at midnight last night yeah the, of course the, bike, the, the bars that he test rode the day before on he uh, he changed at midnight the night before a race comes yeah. second in a Tour de France fourth in yeah. a Tour de France time trial yeah what a baller yeah that's yeah. no Mark you know what that's called raw talent that's, yeah, whereas, yeah. <laughs> whereas Pat, I've got my wind tunnel test booked coming up, ready for my <laughs> age group Ironman sub like fourteen hour attempt. So yeah, let's not like, worry about dude, it. Here's the thing. I mean, they said this wheel set costs like four grand or something. I mean, so we 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 need to get Marty on, and we need to just understand how good these wheels are. So I'll Talbot, test them at Talon if he wants. Pat. We need uh, we need you to make that. Happen. I'll, I'll get I'll I'll get Marty on. I'll get Marty on. All right, All right yeah. everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we will keep you updated on all things Lionel. Uh, we have a source that's very, very close with him, so we can keep you updated on that, how that unfolds. Uh, we'll jump on next week, talk more about the tri-battle. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure that you please share this podcast with all of your friends. And last thing is, we started a YouTube channel. Chelsea actually sat down with Flora Duffy and your newest uh, gold medal contender, Morgan Pearson from the USA, sat down hard hard interview with both of them so make sure you check out our new youtube channel if you just type in pro try news uh thanks a lot and we will catch up with you next week nice